I want people to know um, marketing is a journey and it takes on average 18 months to really get to that perfection, not perfection, but the, the point of really positive returns. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Laurel. Laurel, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So give us a highlight, a quick who you are and an introduction to your business. Uh, Well, I'm Laurel Mintz. I'm literally Laurel from Laurel Canyon. That's how L-A-O-G I am. So Los Angeles, California, born and bred. Uh, Decided to be a lawyer at the age of five, which was uh, wild and wacky. Most five-year-olds want to be uh, astronauts or teachers. Um, and then uh, as I was in law school, realized that I was more of an entrepreneur, ended up in the MBA program and launched Elevate My Brand, which is my marketing agency that's been around for now 14 years. And we just did the math, Michelle, we worked with over 316 brands to date. So it's pretty incredible. Nice. I love that. That's awesome. So how did you decide on marketing as a thing? Well, like I said, law school was just not my jam. Um, I tried so many different avenues, so many different kinds of law, and not a single one of them did I wake up and say, gosh, I'd like to work 90 hours a week to do this the rest of my life. Um, And so I was intending to drop out. And then the dean said, you know what? It sounds like what you really are looking for is collaboration and team building and problem solving and creativity. And that's really what the MBA program is. And, And so she put me in that program and it was exactly what, uh, I wanted it to be. And then I obviously kind of doubled down and focused on marketing, which again, b- builds in that left brain, right brain conversation, which is, you know, my Gemini nature. <laughs> love that. So who do you love to serve and support? Who's your favorite client? Oh my goodness. My favorite client is, um, I, I love consumer brands. I think they're really fun. If there's some sort of tech enablement piece, even better. Uh, but really it's more about being mission and vision aligned, right? Clients have to be coachable. I can't tell you how many times people have come to us and they they think they know better. And then I'm like, well, then, then go do your thing. Like, you don't need us. We're all good. Um, so they have to be open to our process. Pardon. They have to be open to our process um, because we've honed it over the last 14 years. And it's very operationally driven and gets our clients from point A to point B very, very quickly. Um, but they've got to be mission aligned, coachable, and really willing to put in the work. I think a lot of people come to marketing agency and think we're a silver bullet, but it's a collaborative effort. And if you're not willing to to bring your 50% to the table, it's just not going to work. So it's, I want people to know um, marketing is a journey and it takes on average 18 months to really get to that perfection, not perfection, but the, the point of really positive returns because um, perfection is a fallacy, but it takes a lot of work on both sides. Absolutely. So what would you say are some of the uh, errors that people make when, before they get to you, things that they're doing in their marketing that's just like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> it may have worked before, but don't do that anymore. Marketing no-nos. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of times, most of the time they focus on the sales. And especially if you're a new brand, the sale is the bottom of the funnel. And we have to really understand that marketing is a nurturing conversation. It's building relationships. I always liken it to dating. And I'm like, you don't want to be, uh, you know, you want to don't want to just jump into bed with someone the first time you meet them. Maybe you do. It's up to you. You know, not my jam, but uh, it's about really building and nurturing that relationship over time. And so one of the biggest mistakes is coming to the table and saying, I want to make $5 million a year, a million dollars a year, or, you know, $20,000 a month. 
okay, well, what have you done to build the relationship to drive to that end goal? And most of the time they haven't been thoughtful about building that marketing funnel. And it's so, so critical. We know that especially post pandemic, it's been taking up to 16 plus digital touch points for someone to know, like, and trust your brand. So for you to think I'm going to put my thing out there, my, my product, my service, and it's going to instantly convert. It just ain't the way of the world. And I know, you know that Michelle. Yeah. And, and I'm loving the conversation. You're kind of preaching to the choir, but I think it's so important that we, we get it out so that people understand because I appreciate both the entrepreneurial journey of I have to balance my budget and watch my money and where am I spending it? And totally. at what point do you know when you're spending good money after bad money? Uh, but I think there's a line that you have to understand that this whole idea of conversion has to be there first. And totally. so when I'm talking about it, usually I'm something like, do your, you know, when you have a conversation with somebody, can you convert them? <laughs> do you have that conversation <laughs> written down anywhere? And are we using that to, to get to their clients first? And then we go out and do Google ads and things like that. Cause a lot of people just want to spend money on it. And it's like, well, we could do that. Google would love you. <laughs> it's probably not the best <laughs> place of your money, but Hey, uh, I'd rather spray and pray model as they say, <laughs> I'd rather buy <laughs> shoes, but Hey, um, so what is oh, it about? I, knew I liked you, Michelle. <laughs> went straight to shoes. You're my girl. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it about the messaging that, that you find that people miss the mark on the most? Like, how are they not communicating with guy? And I get it's, you know, they're selling, not nurturing that relationship, but then how do they nurture that relationship? It still seems like a black box to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I have to say one of the things I think we've done really well at Elevate is demystify marketing. I think so many agencies and contractors and especially the giant agencies want you to feel like you can't do it without them. And that's never how we want our clients to feel. We, we try and explain to them and make them the smartest business owners that they can be. So they understand not just what we're doing, but why we're doing it. And that's really part of the messaging has to be from them to their prospective clients as well Is not just, we have this solution, but why is this the best solution? Why do they need them? You know, it's that Simon Sinek start with why conversation was very much aligned with how Steve Jobs built his brands. Um, but in terms of like how to build it the, the right way the first time, you know, it's, it's what we call being center brain. So inspired by creative, but truly being driven by data. So making sure that you're creating the right baselines on all of the different channels that you are executing on and then measuring those channels as you make different changes to them. So, uh, you know, creating that, that, that marketing funnel, making sure you're on, you know, these three social channels, what are your, what are your engagement numbers look like here? How often are you posting? Uh, what's the response rate, engagement rate, et cetera, all of that on social, what are your open rates look like on email? What are your click through rates look like? How is that changing when you change your messaging? Are you AB testing? Like there are so many different things in marketing and ultimately that's the value of an agency is making sure that there's a cohesive conversation that's synergized over all those channels and being tracked and measured so that you're not just, uh, again, you know, spray and praying. Absolutely. So is there something that people can do to kind of prepare to, for if they wanted to meet with you, uh, things that they should have in place first? Oof, that's a great question. Um, well, we have a really amazing entry questionnaire on our website. So on the contact page, it'll help you really think through things like how much of my marketing is online versus offline. Do I actually have, I started to build a marketing plan and how successful has that been? Uh, you know, what are your core metrics for success? So I would say as a starting point, understanding the channels you're on, 
how often you're pushing content on those channels, what do your KPIs look like? And again, this is just jargon. KPI just means key performance indicator. I mean, what are the numbers you're looking at to make sure that what you're doing is successful? It's not that deep. So just making sure that you're clear about what you're tracking on each of those channels um, before you come to us will make the conversation that much easier. I love it. So are there any kind of guiding principles that you tend to use when you're doing somebody's marketing? Guiding principles. That's a great question too. Michelle, it's almost as if you've been doing this a while. <laughs> um, guiding principles. You know, I think it's important to start with that 30,000 foot view. So we have three kind of discovery pieces that we do with all of our clients. It starts with what we call our digital mind map. Um, and maybe I'll share with your audience the blog we've written on these processes because everything has to be super process driven. That's really where clients fail is consistency. Again, marketing isn't um, this amorphous, crazy, wild, intangible thing. It's just about consistency across channels and, and tracking. And then of course, you know, the messaging and making sure it resonates. I make it sound easier than it is, of course. But um, we start with this digital mind map, which is that 30,000 foot view, which allows us to see how much our clients or prospective clients understand about every channel of their marketing. Has it been a thoughtful process? Um, is it consistent? What is their budget? How is that budget being allocated? Um, how are they tracking? How often are they tracking? All of those things. And in that process, we create a punch list of action items that that client can either do on their own or we can start to execute on their behalf. So that's the like starting point, I would say, for all of our clients, big or small. And then we go into a creative conversation because oftentimes what we'll find in that first session is that they haven't been intentional or thoughtful about the brand side, right? The, the messaging, the positioning, and the targeting. So then we have to do another session that's really... Uh, really creatively focused, really, it's all really fun, in my opinion. I think this is a blast and people don't need to take their marketing too seriously, but also should focus on it. And then the third piece datafies all of that. So the third piece is um, what we call our roadmap process, where we go in and we listen to what's happening behind the scenes from their website and their social channels and their competitors in market. So when we create baselines, we're not doing it in a vacuum. So it starts with how much do you know? Then what does the creative conversation look like and how do we datafy that? That's our process. Nice. I love it. So just totally left field. What do you say about the idea when people will look at their competitors and go, what are they doing? And some people will look at the antithesis of their competitors and go to, you know, shoe markets. <laughs> what are they doing? And how do we incorporate that into our marketing? Which, if either, would you say is a better practice? And if neither, which is the best practice? Hmm. You have really good questions. Um, so when we do our comparative analysis, we're doing it to ensure that we are driving the right eyeballs digitally, right? So we are an experiential agency as well, and there's certainly an offline element, but most of what our clients are doing is digitally focused, especially with the waves of pandemic coming and going. Uh, digital is still 80% of where our clients are spending their time, effort, and energy, which means even if you want to differentiate, you still have to understand what the general markets are searching for to find your products. So even if you want to differentiate yourself you know, via message or platform, you still have to have a good sense of where your um, prospective clients are searching and finding your competitors and what those competitors are doing so that you can create a conquest campaign to you know, take those eyeballs from your competitors. And that's when the creative juices get flowing, but ultimately you have to start with a strong foundation, just like building a house, right? You need to make sure from a technical aspect, everything on your site and your channels are set up properly. Then you have to see what is actually delivering for your audience with competitors in your same or just like a step ahead. 
And then you can start to get creative. I say test everything. If you want to be super wild and wacky, go for it. The truth is most clients don't have budget to do wild and wacky. So stay with tried and true, maybe differentiate via messaging and some creative and, uh, and then play outward from there. Nice. And when it comes to kind of looking at your competitors and what they're doing, is there a way of knowing what best practices are, or are you just kind of looking at your competitors marketing going, oh, it must work? Yeah, that's a great question as well. I think across most channels, there are kind of standard deviations of what works and what doesn't, right? Like if you're using any kind of email marketing system, they send you different reports and they tell you like, if your open rate is 20%, industry standard is 18% or 30% or whatever. So it's up to you to collect those data points for your specific market to understand, you know, what really is working and what isn't. Um, I wouldn't say, I'd say that we have kind of a best practice in terms of what we know works per channel for the type of client in their industry. And we know that because we've been tracking that over time through uh, software programs. So we use a system called Harvest that's been tracking all of our time on all of our clients for the last decade. So when we put a scope together and we say it's going to take 50 hours for social or 20 hours for email or 20 hours for a Google campaign or whatever that looks like, we really mean it, right? Because we know that that's exactly what it takes. So, but it's differentiated from uh, client to client based on how, how big they are, what their budgets are, how many channels we're executing against and uh, you know what their product or service is. So there's a lot of like kind of drill down points within each of those general best practices. I love that because you just, I think you cracked open the entire industry of going, oh, you mean it's not one size fits all? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. And it's all scalable, right? Like I always tell people like, you don't get a filet mignon for a, a McDonald's cheeseburger price. Like if you want best in class services, you got to pay for it. And if you don't have the money to do that, then it can be scaled back or it can be, uh, you know, uh, piecemealed a little bit as you, as you start to see results, but you don't get one with, you know, one for the other price. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> we can take the bacon off and put it on a burger, but that's all you get. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Give it a little more flavor. And that's, that's about it. Uh, but I, I think it's so important that, like you said, we peel back the, 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 the um, layers on this because I just think clients are still kept in the dark. And I actually think it's agency's fault. I really do. I think that they try and, and like I said before, keep the clients in the dark about what's required to be successful about the hours it actually takes because they don't actually track or really know that, which is why, and I, I think maybe this is my legal business brain. I had to quantify it in a meaningful way so that it was indisputable when the client was like, why do we need 50 hours of social media work? Well, because you're a consumer brand and we've worked with 30 other consumer brands directly in your space. And that's how much time it took us. Like, how can you dispute that? Right. Well, and I, I do think it's entertaining because a lot of people go, well, how many hours are you going to put into this? Well, there's a question of how many admin hours are going to go into it and how many creative hours are going to go into it and how many senior Correct. management hours are going to go into it. And and that becomes a whole other ball of wax we won't get into on this <laughs> can you give me an example <laughs> we don't want to bore the audience yeah no <laughs> can you give us an example of one of your cinderella stories one of your clients oh we have so, so many great clients um yeah i think the one that i'm most proud of is a brand called squishmallows we launched them six or seven years ago at this point um and they literally came to us with the concept they were like we want to make these plush toys we they were wholesale manufacturers of plush. So they already had the operational side of that ready to go, but they had no idea how to build a brand. And so they came to us, they're like, here's the name. What do we do? 
Um, so we actually got to create all of the characters and their bios and all of their social channels and their website and their PR campaigns and their experiential. We had like ball pits where kids could jump into the Squishmallow. I mean, it was the most fun campaign and we did animation and influencer. And I mean, you name it, we did it. It was a, a, a significant um, budget campaign. And we took them from zero to 50 million in less than three years. And from that 50 million to a successful exit to, to uh, a, a private equity company three years after that. So that was a, a huge Cinderella story. Uh, and now I'm sure you all can have seen them in Costco and Walmart and Target and you're welcome. And I'm sorry. I don't know. They're like, they're <laughs> everywhere. And everyone like is obsessed with them. So yeah, that's, that's my Cinderella story. <laughs> that was an awesome one. Cause I even know what those are and I love them. I buy them for my niece all the time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, they're a lot yeah. of fun. That's Machine awesome. washable. Great for parents. I can tell you all the, all the sound points. <laughs> you still have it all memorized. That's awesome. I do. So what are some of the stumbling blocks? What are you think people experiencing right now in their business and they're sick and tired of it and going, oh my God, Laurel, I need you so bad. <sighs> Such a loaded question. Um, I think people are still very afraid of what's happening from a macro environmental perspective, right? With interest rates and um, inflation and like all these things that are happening. I think people are scared, a little scared to spend money, but they also know that they have to spend money to make money to use the old adage. And they're just in this like state of limbo and, and, and maybe a little, you know, fear-based and they don't know how to, who to trust also. I think there's a lot of shitty agencies out there, pardon my French, and they, they come to us after having spent a lot of money with them. And look, if you're gonna if you're gonna go to an agency and they're gonna tell you spend ten thousand dollars a month on social ads, of course you're gonna see a bump in traffic. Whether that converts because you have a holistic approach and strategy around that one channel is a completely different conversation. So I think that there's some macro environmental things happening. I think there's some shitty agencies that have done us dirty um, in the past and have, have put you know some bad reputation in in the marketing arms. And then I just think that people are overwhelmed right now. They just don't know where to look, how to start. We're still in this like push pull of the pandemic. And um, I don't know, it's just, it's a weird and wonky time. I feel like I think everyone feels that. <laughs> Absolutely. They do. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start their journey with you? Absolutely. Uh, go to elevatemybrand.com, all of our social channels. We've got amazing pop-ups that give you um, like the marketing umbrella, you can fill out the survey that shows us, you know, what you know about your marketing. So you can actually do a little of your own homework. I know we've got amazing blog and blog resources on our website, as well as um, we have a, a webinar series that we just shot. It's pretty cool um, and really, really uh, uh, approachable from a price point perspective. So if you're interested in take, taking that, it's like a I think it's a 10 step course that we videotaped and videotaped. God, that shows my age. Oh my God, <laughs> edit that out. Uh, that we shot and edited. And um, if you're not ready to hire an agency, I highly recommend you try that approach. It's a little more DIY, but it's got all the same meat and potatoes that you need from us. Awesome. And we will, of course, have all of Laurel's uh, links in the show notes for you. So scroll down, move over, do whatever you're doing, depending on what device you're looking at and uh, go and find <laughs> Laurel. Awesome. So I get to ask you, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> Oof. Uh, well, my dad said I came out of the womb kicking and screaming. So I think <laughs> it was probably from jump. Um, but ultimately, you know, after law school and business school and practicing law for a short while, because I did go that route, 
my dad got sick and I had to step in and take over his company at 26. So I was interim CEO um, of a major company at the age of 26. And it was absolutely terrifying. Um, I would sit in my car and cry every day. Um, but it's what taught me that I was an entrepreneur. You know, you get, you, you put your grit face on and you go into the, into the um, office and you, you get shit done and you make it happen. And that was really um, exciting. And luckily he survived his cancer um, uh, scare. And uh, when he stepped back in, I stepped away and I went after those big law firm jobs and was like, "Ugh, I'm not doing that. That's awful. And that's just not my path anymore. And that's when I realized that, that that really challenging, tough journey is what taught me that I was an entrepreneur. And I kind of never looked back. Nice. I love it. So what would you say is your favorite part of your business now? Ooh, I, I think the creative part's really fun. I love my team. I have an insanely creative team, super dedicated, 100% diverse. So that's really a gift. Um, and we just did the numbers, Michelle. We have worked with 316 companies over the last 14 years. 204 of those have been diverse led and 75 of those have raised capital, which means 37% of the businesses that we've worked with have gone on to a successful capital raise. So knowing that we're helping that many uh, businesses scale is what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's awesome. Congratulations. And congratulations to your clients. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm happy for them as well. But yeah, the stats are, we just did those numbers the other day. I was like, wow, I'm pretty proud of myself on that one. Right. That's awesome. So you have been awesome. Any last words for our peeps? You can do this. Marketing is not that scary. And if you're questioning something, hire an agency for a couple of hours to just get you aligned. Almost every agency or consultant has some sort of package where they can help train you and teach you what you need to know about marketing so you don't F it up the first time. So make sure you talk to someone who can guide you down the path. You don't have to know everything about every part of your business. You just have to know who to call to help you down the right path. Love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it immensely and I know how valuable it is. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.